0: Hello, everybody. Today, we are talking about mixed media combinations that always work. If you would like to grow as an artist and you can't take an art class, we've got everything you need here at Prof critiques, tutorials, professional development, and workshops. We have all kinds of tutorials on our channel showing various combinations you can try out with your art supplies. But I'm wondering, Mia, What do you think is the underlying premise of what might drive you to do mixed media? Because certainly you can just do acrylic and people make all kinds of wonderful acrylic paintings that have nothing else in them. And yet you have done a lot of mixed media lately, Mia.
1: Yeah, I think that personally, what drives me to um, mixed media is seeking out um, experimentation between different mediums and how they might react to one another. I think that can um, push a piece conceptually and visually. Um, I think another reason might be to um, seek better efficiency in conveying your message or achieving the um, image that you're trying to make. Adding in another material might just save you a
0: lot of time in the end, which is always a good thing. And Dee, for you, Do you feel like mixed media is something you naturally do, or is it something you really had to learn? I think it's something
2: that I naturally do. Um, Similar to Mia, I think efficiency is a huge one of them. Like there are just certain things that certain mediums can get me, certain points they can get me to so much faster. But um, I really feel like working in mixed media can elevate a piece into a space that it just sometimes can't do with just one medium. Um, Really fun experimentation, really fun aesthetics, and just overall looks that I feel like you can't achieve sometimes with just one medium.
0: Tell us in the chat, how many of you here have worked with mixed media? And maybe give us some combinations because I'm constantly hearing from all different people, oh, did you know you could, it's like it just never ends, it's really, really fun. Now, one thing that I think is also interesting about mixed media is oftentimes the proportion between the various materials. So here, this actually started as an acrylic painting and I painted the whole canvas, it was all full of color and eventually I put oil pastel on it and I put enough oil pastel that, actually, you couldn't really see any of the acrylic. So for me, the oil pastel was extremely dominant in a situation like this. Mia, I wonder, do you think about those relationships in terms of one being more bold than the other, or is it more spontaneous for you?
1: I think it definitely, excuse me, I think it's definitely a bit more spontaneous for me unless I'm going in to a specific piece with a specific plan. Um, I know that I work a lot layering up different materials. So I'll kind of do a lot of layers um, either with a lot of watercolor and then adding in either acrylic or some other material to see how it um, resonates with the layers beneath it. And then like scrubbing away layers kind of on the fly, figuring out what's working and what's not. Um, And then by the final piece, you can sort of see beneath all these different layers and all these different materials. um, And it all works together as one, which I think is really cool.
0: Deepti, how did you decide to start painting these polymer clay pieces?
2: I think it was an experimental process, but Um, On some of them, you can see the colors I achieved were from actual pieces of clay. They're kind of like the raised portions, but I just knew that certain tiny details I would not be able to achieve as easily with clay because I would have to roll out such tiny little pieces for those dots and stuff. So the acrylic paint just made the most sense for efficiency and also just the scope of what I would be able to achieve. And also for acrylics, I was able to just achieve so many more colors
0: we've got some excellent combinations. Maybe somebody here should take notes because I'm always looking for combinations because sometimes the combinations don't work. Have you ever done that Mia? Where you're like, oh, maybe, and then it just, something didn't adhere or, or whatever, does that happen to you?
1: Oh yeah, there's one. Um, I did not include a photo purposely cause it might've been the worst thing I ever made but it was um, like a rug tufted portrait. And I was like, this is fun, but I wanna glue a bunch of buttons on it and see how that works. And it just was a mess of glue and these old buttons. And I, then I was like, maybe more is better. And I just put like ribbon in there and stuff. And it was like a complete incoherent disaster um, that <laughs> will never see the light of day. But uh, but yeah, it was a good learning curve, I guess. It's always worth trying something new, even if you know it ends tragically.
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can be prepared for that. Because DP, I think, especially when it comes to 3D stuff, just will fall off or it doesn't stick. It's very stressful sometimes.
2: Oh, totally. I similarly to me, I have a piece that I considered putting in the stream slideshow and then decided not to because I was so embarrassed. Oh, shut up! <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was like a three 2D that became 3D because I started to like use you know in a notebook the part that like peels off where the spiral is like that like frayed edge. I like took all of those and started making little swirlies with them and gluing them up, but it just, it looked so bad. I mean, if you look at my online high school portfolio, you can probably find it, but it was not, it was not good, but I did learn a lot.
0: Samia, so, tell us how you came up with this, because this is oil over acrylic, but this was very specific. You had gold, as the ground in acrylic and then painted oil on top. How did you come up with that?
1: Yeah, I had used acrylic detailing in the past, um, almost as a garnish for pieces before, like watercolor paintings, I would go in with a little acrylic detail afterwards and make it um, like fun. And and it it would stand out in its own way, like on top of everything. Um, And I wanted to kind of play with this idea of having light and something shining through different layers of paint um, and so I decided to just lay it all on the canvas and sort of s- kind of hastily put down marks and see where it would pop out and where it wouldn't um, and I, that's that spontaneity again sort of in layering up artwork and pieces and things like that so it's really fun and I'm still working on um, a lot of pieces using this fun little technique um, yeah I think it's a cool it's a cool experiment.
0: Was the metallic paint there for you to have a reaction to that color? So you went into the oils thinking about the metallic color as the ground?
1: Yeah, I think that um, a lot of these paintings that you're seeing with the acrylic base um, are sort of warm and they... Complement the gold. I think that it would be interesting. And I have, I think a couple pieces later on that have the um, opposite effect where I use a lot of cooler colors to sort of have a different reaction. But at least for these ones, um, I wanted to play on like warmth radiating through and like almost a summer nostalgic feeling. So that's what I had in mind when picking the color schemes for
2: these.
0: I do think oil paint is one of the harder materials to use with other things because you have to worry about, oh, is it just sewed? And if you put things into oils, it's going to eat it up. Whereas with acrylic, you can just mix in so many things and not worry about that. So I do feel like oils are a little bit inflexible in that sense. By the way, everybody, we are doing registration for our March and April workshops. Information is on the front page of artprof.org. Sometimes I like to think about mixed media as training wheels because I have had so much hesitation about watercolor for such a long time and the markers became my entry point for painting. Somehow doing the marker first made me feel a little more stable. Deep Dee, why do you think that is? Because I should just be able to paint, right? Yeah, I need the marker.
2: <laughs> I mean, my guess, I don't know if it was you, but my guess is maybe that the markers gave you a, a greater sense of control, but a similar kind of material quality to the watercolor. I know that watercolor is scary for the reason that it kind of has a mind of its own. Um, so I i feel like the Tombow markers probably gave you a sense of that looseness and that free flowingness without the complete like watercolor disaster that could possibly ensue
0: (laughs) I just feel so much more stable because I'm just not somebody who feels super comfortable with a paintbrush it's still something I'm working on but then I started using the acrylic paint as I guess uh, you said it was a garnish Mia where Mm -hmm. it's just a little touches so this painting is actually mostly acrylic ink and marker underneath. And the acrylic paint I added was just a couple patches here or there. And actually, I realize I oftentimes use acrylic just to fix things. I'm not actually painting with it as much as I am just moving things around. And so sometimes I feel like the role of acrylic for me is not the painting part. Like the painting part is the acrylic ink somehow. Neil is asking, any tips on how to let the underpainting shine through? Every time I try to use fun underpainting colors, I feel like they just get covered up. Mia.
1: Um, That's something that I had to practice a lot too. I think that, again, like layering up sort of using more solvents Than not, and then working up to the heavier paint, Um, using the solvents will allow you to sort of buff out paint marks that you might have hastily put down or you might realize later on like, oh, I want to expose this part of the underpainting in this area. You can use a Q-tip or a paper towel to sort of get rid of the paint. It's not too late. Um, And I think by the time that you get to the heavier marks, you'll be able to put them down intentionally with the underpainting in mind. Um, so, but that's something I had to learn over time and through a lot of practice.
0: <laughs> and sometimes mixed media is a total accident. Deep Deep, tell us how this portrait evolved for you.
2: Um, it's funny. We did this portrait on a live stream. Um, I forget what the prompt was, but... I did this portrait with just markers um, on the live stream and then we had another stream where I had to use this puffy paint and I didn't know what to use the puffy paint with so I just used it on top of this other portrait I had made and it totally shoved this portrait into a completely different little you know world than I was expecting it to go and we were talking about this piece earlier but I think the expression i'm making in the portrait is read completely differently it adds such a different layer and not to say one is better than the other but i just think this puffy paint did things to this portrait that i could not have achieved with just the markers um and also it was completely experimental you can watch the stream with the puffy paint too i am discovering the puffy paint in the moment and i'm creating color palettes and everything like in the moment so it was very exploratory but it's honestly one of my favorite if not my favorite self-portraits. I literally have it right there hung up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love seeing how the puffy paint, you see the green spiral on the right-hand side. So that's making a spiral, but then the marker strokes are doing something different. So that's a nice moment where you see the two media very separately and it's very clear which is which, but they're really working beautifully together. And then like, what is going on with that mouth Deep D? Like, <laughs> did some of the liner getting into the marker and activating it
2: i think so i think like that was a glow in the dark puffy paint or something so it had a bit of a translucent look to it and and it it re kind of wet the marker the puffy paint because it comes out liquid obviously um and so i think it had activated the marker a little bit but that's a great point there because I wanted to create more defined lines on the lips when I was working in just marker. But I think I had overworked that area with marker and it would have just gotten like muddy and bleedy. So I let it sit. But then when the puppy paint came into play, I was able to go into it and create those lines in a way where I wasn't too worried and I was able to get that punchy kind of color and look. Um, so yeah, it was it was a great tool.
0: By the way, everybody, if you are a lurker say hello just <laughs> say hi or say me because i love hearing from all of you and i know some people would prefer to lurk and that's fine but it is so fun to see some of you in the chat so feel free to do that if you like now there's other mixed media where i think more the approach contrasting to what deep did is where the media just perfectly melds into each other and you don't really know which is which and so mia tell us about this because when I saw this, I was like, how did you do that? Yeah, this is really
1: strange. This this came about in a really strange way. And it's still a new technique that I'm trying out very hit or miss. Um, but I was at my uh, house in Connecticut. And I found this thing of graphite powder that I probably got when I was in high school. So like years and years ago. Um, And I was like, I haven't touched this in forever. Maybe even like I've never opened it before. Let me try it out. And um, I had this page in my sketchbook that I had painted copper acrylic down. And I was like, what if I just did a little sketch with my paintbrush and graphite powder? Um, Because I didn't really I never really like the feeling of a chalky material in my hands. So like charcoal and um, chalk pastel, it's like a sensory thing. I don't really love it. So I, I was like, I'm going to try it out with a paintbrush and see how it works. And I put down a layer and it was kind of sticking um, and it just was very one dimensional. So I decided to layer down some watercolor and it started to mix in really cool ways. You can see like the graphite powder rising to the top in some areas, which is super unexpected. Um, and I must have layered... Uh, the brightest parts of this painting, like the the lightest values, I probably layered like seven or eight times to get the lightness to stick on top of the acrylic. Um, and I could talk about this forever. It's just so interesting. Um, but yeah, and I'll just say as well, because it's all over um, an acrylic base, it allows for some like spontaneous like cracking an interesting effect because watercolor is like over it and that's not necessarily the way that those materials are meant to be placed. But I think themati- thematically that's kind of a cool thing for that piece and specifically um, because it has to do with like decay and some morbid macabre themes. So it's just, it's pretty cool to see how um, materials affecting each other can, can branch into um, conce- concepts as well.
0: Lionel says, just learned liquid charcoal and oil paint work amazing together. When I erased oil paint with solvent, I realized the dried liquid charcoal stayed completely intact. Whoa. Oh my gosh, I need to try that. I had no idea. Well, what I like about a lot of these techniques, Dee, sometimes I feel like it's a guessing game. I'm looking at Mia's painting and I'm being told watercolor and graphite powder but it's like I can't decide what's happening but sometimes that's such a wonderful mystique to mixed media
2: yeah absolutely I think one of the best parts about mixed media is that it kind of like I said earlier puts everything into a realm that is almost confusing for the audience or makes them interact with a piece as like an alien piece, like it's standalone like it's not like oh look at this oil painting it's like just look at this this piece and you and it you just feel so much more, I think, than you would if you were looking at something that was just watercolor.
0: So Glenn says, glad you're talking about mixed media. I love working at mixed media. My favorite is sealing a watercolor ink piece with matte medium so I can oil paint over it. Oh, fantastic. I love all these suggestions. Keep them coming, everybody. I know we had a whole bunch of suggestions in the beginning, but even really simple things. I know, Mia, you've done a lot of pieces where it's a watercolor painting, but then you do touch-ups in Procreate. And to me, that's so brilliant. I mean, why wouldn't you do that, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, especially if you're preparing it for Um, like use or to post online or to share in a digital space or um, even to make prints of, I think um, it's just way more efficient. And um, yeah, it just, the the product looks better. And if you can do it all in one pass with one media props to you, (laughs) but it's very difficult to achieve perfection in just one pass. So yeah.
0: Another thought I had about mixed media is that as a fine artist, I always had the actual physical object in mind, but now that I'm doing illustration, I'm doing all kinds of things and I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter because the final result is in the publication and Deep I know for a lot of you, your work, animation, it it lives in that digital space and I found an amazing freedom with that.
2: Yeah, it almost lets you be a little bit more free in the process of creating because um, you're not so much worried about like the actual images. For me, at least the, Im- the each of the thousands of images I'm making, it's more so how they all come together and the overall story I'm telling. Um, so it is kind of freeing. And a lot of times with animation, mixed media works phenomenally.
0: Here's a piece I'm working on right now. It's Already taken three streams. I'm not even close to being done but this piece started out with watercolor just as the underpainting. And then, I mean, this is spontaneous too. I just decided to add the faces. I decided that the theater scene wasn't good enough for me and I wanted to have something of a narrative. And so I actually did a lot of the sketching of the faces in watercolor pencil, again, because I don't know, I need training wheels. I'm just not a very good painter. I can't just go in straight. And so I actually built up watercolor pencils way more than I typically do. And this was okay. This was so fun. So I realized that when I painted white acrylic ink and while it was still wet, I would take a damp paper towel and just sort of blend it. It blends so well with the watercolor pencils. I was so excited. Like it's just the best thing when things just work out for you. And I don't really know how to make these things happen. Mia, do you have any suggestions for people who maybe don't have a lot of mixed media experience how to get started?
1: I mean, I think it's just a matter of trial and error. I I think um, uh, I know that we encourage like roaming art stores and making impulse buys like probably (laughs) way too much. Um, But I do think that it's worthwhile if you go somewhere and you say, you know, I've always wondered how this might work with my style or with the art that I want to make, like let me just take a chance. Or if someone gifts you something or if you find a random piece or even like something like collaging or something that's not even that, you know, costly um, can be a really cool way to just like incorporate another dimension into your craft. And um, it might really work. It might not, but it might, you know, it might.
0: Great tip from Anali. You can blend colored pencil and alcohol marker together by using the blending marker, it acts as mineral spirits and spreads the pigment of the colored pencil. I mean, Deep deep to me, it's like making your own little art kit.
2: Totally. And I, it's almost like cooking when you, like, add a little flavor here and add a little flavor there. And you just, like, make it exactly what you want because you like these flavors together. I feel like that's what working with mixed media is. Like you're just creating, like, the perfect little art kit for your palette, quote unquote. It's like
1: improv. Like, yes, everything. it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And you know what I think is funny? Tell me in the chat if you guys have heard this before, but I definitely have had many people say to me, oh, I'm doing a watercolor portrait. And I went in with a little white gouache to paint this little highlight in the eye. And they'll say to me, I feel like I cheated. I should have done this a hundred percent in watercolor. Deep, deep, what do you say to that? Is it cheating?
2: I mean, what are you cheating? Like, unless I think unless you are uh, submitting your piece into a competition where the rules are very specifically, like you could only use watercolor and blah blah blah, then okay, sure, maybe you're cheating because you're not only using watercolor. But like, I think if you get that really juicy, crisp highlight with acrylic or gouache, then that's how you get it, and it's it's easy and it's efficient. So why would you not do it? I don't understand what you're cheating. You're just Creating your work.
0: By the way, speaking of people who are not painters, but also mothers of our staff, Mia's mom is <laughs> here to say, I'm no painter, but I crochet. I've been trying to mix different types of yarn in the same project, materials and weights. It's a fun challenge to try new combinations. Well, speaking of rugs, oh, shoot, sorry, wrong slide. I think it's coming up. Here it is. <laughs> um, Mia, you've been having your painting techniques are actually coming directly into your yarn pieces. Tell us about this.
2: Yeah,
1: it's pretty interesting. I had been exploring the realm of yarn and rug tufting um, and I wanted to sort of bridge the gap between the graphic um, textile style and my more illustrative pieces. And I thought that a lot of my rugs are a bit smaller, like they, they wouldn't really be um, much use for literal rugs um, but as wall hangings and kind of decoration I thought why not add some watercolor or non-soluble ink um, into the pieces to sort of garnish and like you know flush out the faces something that's too small for my rug tufting gun to really handle well um, and I think that it's made a really charming end result it's kind of a fun um, unique little Thing that I haven't seen a lot. So that's been really helpful in my um, rug tufting development. Also, my mom's crochet projects are very cool. We'll have to post them somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this is very interesting. Anna says watercolor purists are weird. I've encountered ceramic purists who are shocked. They'll add oil or acrylic paints to glaze sculpture when I'm not happy with the glazing. Oh, there are printmaking people like that too, who are like, has to be this and I'm like who cares I just care about the image what is this you're cheating I don't know is it just people being uptight and gatekeepy I don't know
2: yeah or maybe they're just jealous that you can like take risks and not feel bad about it like I don't know I, I really don't get it
1: I'll also say too that there, we were talking before the stream about that satisfying feeling that you get like upon finishing one step of the painting and then you get to put the acrylic down and you're like, oh, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for this the whole time. (laughs) And so I think even moments like that, where it's just the finding the joy in application of different materials and like seeing how it interacts, like that's cool enough. Like, I think that cheating shouldn't, you know, take away the joy. It shouldn't be a painful experience.
0: I guess it just never occurred to me that somebody would be mad that you added a little gouache to your watercolor. It just seems a little silly. And then Pat says, I saw someone on TikTok blending crayon drawings with a heat gun and Q-tips. It looked like fun. Well, Dee Dee, have you found combinations you've seen on TikTok or Instagram that you've tried yourself? Like, has that been a good source for trying things that are new?
2: I definitely think that like, especially like right when the pandemic hit, TikTok was full of so many fun like art experimentations. I think, I I feel like I've gotten inspiration from TikTok when it comes to like using kitchen stuff, like using lentils for mosaics or like, you know, like (laughs) things for like dyes, you know, Um, like that. But mostly when I use mixed media, it's because I just have material lying around kind of like Mia's graphite. Um, where I'm like, I need to use, learn how to use this. And I find it a lot less scary to incorporate new media into what I already know, rather than starting completely fresh only with this new media. So that's how mixed media, I think, comes into play with my work.
0: Well, Melanie here says acrylic modeling paste, lace, beads, and colored pencil. Sometimes, it's, oh, I have this stuff, maybe I'll use it. Have you ever done that Mia, where you're like, I use this thing somebody bought it for me two years ago maybe I'll add it to this
1: oh yeah yeah I mean that's where the disastrous button rug came in (laughs) I was like I have all this stuff why not just like put it together and sometimes it works better than others but um I think it's never a waste to try out new materials it's all trial and error
0: right and that's where I think people who oftentimes feel like they should only paint or they should only do this. It's like, no, the more types of experiences you have, the more you can draw from that big pot of what's in your experience. Because for me, I finally broke through my watercolor fear and my acrylic hatred which I had for so long and I just think that mixed media is a really great way to teach yourself certain things that for example on watercolor it's really really hard to build up a lot of stuff because it's just so thin and so for me a big part of this technique was that the watercolor is so thin so transparent and then adding thick acrylic on top just made a lot more sense to me. And so actually, if you look at this portrait, you can see the initial sketch is in watercolor and the back is acrylic ink because I couldn't get a watercolor that was that red. And then the acrylic paint is actually the little highlights that are in the hair. So sometimes just organizing it in that way makes it a lot easier. Well, Amanda says, my silicone is about to expire. (laughs) better added to a mixed media piece oh my gosh deep d do you have any supplies that you you just you use them because you feel bad
2: yeah i well i have been working digitally so much that like i have sculpey i was just looking at those sculpey pieces in the slide from earlier and i was like oh my god my sculpey is probably so hard i should go make a couple of buttons so keep tuned on my instagram you'll probably be seeing very soon me being like Anyone want to buy some magnets? <laughs> <laughs> I do.
0: <laughs> well, this is a good comment from Chris, who says that complaint about cheating sounds more like envy. Art is supposed to be fun and limitless, not bound by rules. And yet, Mia, we see it everywhere where people are like, that's not real And I'm like, oh my God, chill out. There's got to be other things to talk about. And so Mia, what would you say to somebody who's, a little uncertain about starting mixed media. Do you have any tips? Like, should they only use supplies they've used before? How do you think a beginning with mixed media would look like?
1: Um, I would say start on a smaller scale. Um, At least with me, that makes things a little bit less daunting. Like, I think um, Deep D's Sculpey example was a really good A good example of something that it doesn't have to be some grand amazing thing not that those aren't grand and amazing they're pretty amazing um but i think that something small that you can sort of have a lot of control over with your hands and sort of you know experimenting on a smaller scale and then you know uh, building up from there so if you so choose um i think another thing is reminding yourself that you don't need to put it out for the world to see you can just make it in a void for your own um joy of experimentation and putting down materials and, you know, learning and living and art making. And it doesn't have to be something that applies pressure to your life.
0: And I do think mixed media is just constant experimentation. And so for me, what's been critical is to have an extra piece of paper that's my scrap. And I just say, oh, is that going to work? So I test it before I put it into the final piece. And actually, I would even argue Give yourself some playtime. You're not even trying to make a piece. How would you suggest people do that, Dee?
2: Sketchbook. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sketchbook, just throw materials onto a paper, see what they do. Um, Let let the materials kind of drive the process. Don't really allow yourself to think too much past what's happening in the moment. Um, Easier said than done, but once you kind of start, you'll see that the materials will just start kind of communicating with each other. And um, next thing you know, it'll be four hours later.
0: I will say though it takes time i'm sure mia that graphite and watercolor technique didn't just paint itself did that take a lot of trial and error for you to get to a point where you like the results
1: oh yeah i mean that's where the layering comes in i think that we all know about the quote unquote ugly phase of the painting. And that was in that phase for probably 90% of it, where I was just putting things down and I was frustrated by how things were looking. But I said, okay, I really think if I just push through this and like add more and maybe erase that part and scrub it out and go with a different color or something like that, maybe add more graphite, less, it could work. And then eventually I did strike the right chord, but um, mistakes can be fixed. Nothing is, you know, permanent especially with mixed media, there always tends to be a workaround. um, And that's where uh, you can really find the most magical parts of the artwork.
0: No, you make it sound so fun for me. I'm just hitting my head against the wall. I'm like, why is this not? (laughs) It's really hard sometimes because as much as putting acrylic over watercolor, that doesn't seem that scandalous. It is hard to get just the effect you want because for me, a lot of mixed media, has to do with thickness of the paint. So if you have like really big blobby paint and you try to put thin paint over it, it's a little bit more difficult, although maybe that's what you're trying to do. So Deepty, I've always thought that just quantities are important with mixed media. How much are you using things?
2: Yeah, definitely. How much? And and again, it takes us back to that experimentation phase. You're never going to really understand how much works and how much doesn't work and what those ratios are until you kind of cross that boundary and go into the dangerous zone and realize, oh, okay, this is too much or, oh, this is too little. I could go more. So I think to find that quantity, you do have to experiment and allow yourself to fail um, so that you can understand that and then you could be a pro.
0: Anali says, do you know where to find stuff that works for different media combinations in the realm of what paper canvas, board to use? Mia.
1: Oh, I tend to find some cool things at like thrift stores. I think like, especially if you're learning to, you know, trial and error, you don't need to go for the most expensive materials. So maybe um, you can look at like different places people leave recycling I don't know um but yeah I think like going to um your local art store I know Blick is close to me and I go there all the time for little like you know uh, paper supply and things but I'm trying to think of different cheaper options like more cost effective bang for your buck type places um I'm sure I'll think of more later
0: (laughs) Well, Melanie's adding, drives me nuts when I've got an acrylic painting going, then wanting to add more things like small doodads, but realizing I can't because the base is on flimsy paper. Yes. I think for mixed media, you probably want to err on materials that are a little bit on the stronger side, especially with paper, because especially like Deep, you've done a lot of marker stuff. I mean, marker can just destroy your paper.
2: Totally. And, um, I think when you buy those mixed media sketchbooks, you'll notice they always tend to have like thicker paper, but I think that's the concept behind mixed media is you are kind of like layering and creating literally heavy pieces. Um, and especially with things that are watery or really thick, it can really bog down the paper. So using something that's thicker or then just like reinforcing the paper somehow afterwards by putting it on top of another paper or something um, is definitely the, the way to go.
0: Registration is going on right now for our March and April workshops. We have a number of great topics I'm looking forward to doing with everybody. And that is due Friday, February 23rd. Guess what? We have a giveaway. Check this out. Open Studios Club, which is a brand new program where you get to work in real time with people. I mean, I got a lot of work done this week. I was like, wow, this program's good for me. (laughs) Anyway, check news. In our Discord. We have information there on what to do if you would like to get a free session of Open Studios Club. Join our Discord right after the stream. Deep D and Mia will be in post live streams and they will be there to hang out with you guys and chat about anything or things that maybe we didn't get to in the stream. Join our Patreon group. This is so much fun. It's basically 24-7 art party. You get to share your art in weekly voice sessions. I write very, very long critiques. This is actually a pretty short one. I should have put a long one in there. But most of all, you make art friends. So many people tell us they have trouble finding people who understand what it's like to drool over art supplies. And so this is a great place. You'll find many art supply enablers in that group. Thank you so much to our incredible top Patreon supporters. You guys are our rock you are the ones that make it possible for us to keep our content hundred percent free visit our there's tons of content on there that's not on youtube use the search bar art Prof has a podcast it's available on spotify and also on itunes and buddy would like you to subscribe for more art tutorials critiques and business tips everybody thank you so much for watching we'll see you next time bye